Oh, to, to share some of the adventures of of being away for so long. Yeah, that's, this is the first long, prolonged trip that uh, Nancy and I have had uh, together, uh, but also the longest that I've had since uh, we returned back to the States back in 2012. But uh, I guess looking at the time away, you, I can look at it in two categories. First category is the category of the flesh, and the other one's the category of the spirit. And uh, by way of the flesh, boy, did it ever feel good. <laughs> I mean, the highs, uh, one, one day got up to, into the 90s, the low 90s, and uh, it was hot, a lot of sweat, and I enjoyed doing that. And, uh, but then too, uh, then, then the lows at night would sometimes get down into the 70s, like about 77, 78, 79, you know, for the lows. And then if you wanted to chalk in a little wind chill factor, uh, wind chill factor r r kicked it up to about 90. <laughs> Instead of going down, it went up. Uh, Nancy found that out when she was looking at uh, the weather and... Uh, getting the weather reports, which we have become accustomed to doing, and uh, like to find out what the weather's going to be like and uh, how to prepare the flesh. Uh, got my thermals back on, so I guess I'm pretty much ready for winter, and uh, it can leave any time, and it won't make me cry one bit. But uh, we had a had a good time. The first month that I was down there, almost a month that I was down there without Nancy. Uh, that was uh, kind of a time of trial because uh, we're not used to being separated for any length of time. That was a good three weeks, almost close, to, uh, a good three weeks. And uh, uh, I spent a lot of time with the students because uh, that was really, uh, for me, part of the purpose of the trip. Um, Students are going to go in different directions, and these students came from different areas. Uh, we had one young man, Okeke, from, uh, from Africa, and uh, he came from a Pentecostal church, so he had somewhat of a different spirit, <laughs> in a sense, about him, and uh, we got along fine. I stressed in my classes time and time again the importance of our our biblical heart and having a heart for the things of God and uh, he seemed to resonate and relate to that uh, somewhat more than some of the others uh, there was uh, Akil and Elvisha and they were, they were two students that were right there from St. Vincent itself there was uh, Robinson Garçon he was from Haiti and he was uh, busy working on his English, but uh, did very well. And uh, we had a, a good relationship. And being not just a teacher, but I, I began to see that there was a lot of mentoring that, that was done along the way. But then building a relationship with the students was one of my goals and objectives anyway for going down. 
and uh, I have their email addresses so we can keep in touch. The last person was uh, Tyrone Polson. He was from the island of Karakou, which was just a little bit south of St. Vincent. And uh, we had an especially good time. He was a little bit older than the rest, uh, more mature. He was married. He had a couple kids. And uh, he was, uh, I guess you could say, a professional fisherman. And he not only spearfished, but he line fished. And we had a great time talking about his fishing exploits. And I said, uh, well, I think maybe I just need to come down to Karakou sometime and uh, we'll, we'll go out and we'll do a little fishing together. But uh, the students were a delight because I got to spend time with them uh, those first few weeks before Nancy got down. I spent more time with them. I ate with them all the time and uh, had chicken and rice in more ways than probably what you could count. And, uh, but you know, it, it seems funny that, that when we got to Trinidad, uh, one of the places we wanted to go and was high on our list was KFC, because in, in Trinidad, KFC, they have a spicy chicken that is just a delight. Probably as close as you can get to that here is Bojangles, but it's just not the same, not the same. But the, the physical time, it, it was great. We had, uh, uh, we made friends with a number of uh, different people and things along the way. We had a lizard that uh, was frequently in our house, uh, our little apartment, and Nancy was trying to type the name, the, the word lizard, and she failed to, uh, to check the spell check that, you know, automatically happens on some of your cell phones. And so when she sent it and she went back and read her email, she saw that the cell phone had changed it to blizzard rather than lizard. So she said that's the perfect name for the lizard. So we had blizzard the lizard that uh, accompanied us day in and day out. Uh, and... I, I, I learned real quick, you know, I opened the door several times during the day and ushered the lizard out. And within an hour or so, lo and behold, he'd be right back inside the apartment. So we just kind of let him go his way and do his thing. And uh, he cleaned up some of the bugs that were laying around. And, uh, but we could always recognize him because he had a short tail and then the tail was kinked on the end like this. So you knew exactly when Blizzard was there because you could see it. I don't know if he got it caught in a door or something, but I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Uh, but anyway, that's the way the Lizard was and so we could recognize him real easily. And then we had Screech the Owl that would visit us at night um, for the longest of time, we'd, we'd hear at night, even before Nancy got there, I'd, I'd hear the screeching that would go on after it got dark, and uh, I didn't know exactly what it was. I knew it was some kind of bird, and one night I was laying in bed, and I heard the screech, and for some reason I sat up on the side of the bed, and I was right next to the window so I could look out the window, and, I, and we had uh, a railing that, that met at a corner and the owl was perched right there. That's when I found out it was an owl. 
And so we call that Screech the Owl. A couple times it had come and visit us and it had land on the roof over our apartment. And it was a metal roof, and so when it'd move around, hop around, or whatever it was doing up there, you could hear it. And, it, and I mean, it was loud. You thought there was some other kind of animal up there. And, uh, but we, we had Screech, Screech the Owl. And then, uh, oh, I had a, a variety of different things that I, I partook in. And uh, one thing was, I worked on accordions while I was there. And I had one in particular that had sticking keys and I worked on that thing probably at least a dozen times. And uh, I don't know if, I, I, I had it working right when I left, but I don't know how long it'll work right. So I'm gonna look at a few options that I might be able to maybe fix it up the next time I go down. But um, I had my accordion that I brought up from Trinidad and I left there with Willis because Willis had a man in his church that could play it and, and he, so, so I thought, why, why let it sit in Trinidad and not be used when I can move it up there and uh, have it in motion and in use? And they were thrilled to get it, and I was thrilled to be able to bring it up. And uh, it was an extra bag, and Liat does not, they don't hold back on the extra bag charges, so that, that was an extra $65, you know, to get it up there, sixty-seven fifty, to be exact. But uh, what a small price to pay so that a good quality instrument could be used there. And then we went, <laughs> we had a special meeting. This was, this was exciting. We had a special meeting that was being held at the north end of the island. And uh, the island's not that long. I'm not sure the exact dimensions. But the, the direction is it's up, down, and around to get there. And on, uh, the night before, we had a heavy rainstorm, very heavy rainstorm. And when we were picked up and we were making our way to go to that church for the special meeting, uh, we got to one spot and we had to stop because the water from the rain had come down off the hillside and brought all sorts of debris and mud and was still flowing over the road. So we had to stop at one point. And I got some videos of some of the, the cars that tried to make it across that didn't. And uh, it was, it was kind of interesting to see uh, the different things that, that uh, people would do to help pull these vehicles across. But uh, that was an experience. That was a, a good experience. Nancy was there at that time. <clears throat> and so we got to share that together. And uh, we did make it to the meeting. And when we made it to the meeting, it was noon. So obviously the meeting couldn't. Uh, go on as planned. So the guy rescheduled the pastor, who's an old friend of mine, rescheduled the meeting for next year. And uh, But he did have uh, a little meeting at noontime. And uh, when we were in the meeting, uh, I was noticing his accordion. And uh, it was an accordion that I had bought and I, I had taken down to him years ago. And now the straps had broken and uh, the straps on the front uh, that, that go at the top of the accordion, those at the bottom, he had wired. And he had those things wired on there. I took pictures for Alan. And uh, so I'm going to try and check and see, you know, what, what I can do about getting some uh, new straps for him and send them down to him. But that was interesting to see the different accordions that uh, were there that uh, 
and having at least a little bit of experience in working on them to, uh, to deal with them. Uh, I did something else <clears throat> that I've never done before, and that you ever hear of air layering a plant? You can air layer uh, like uh, citrus in particular is what I was interested in. And what you do is you cut off some of the bark, you cut it all the way around about an inch, uh, maybe space between the two cuts, and then you slice it down and you peel off the bark, scrape it a little bit, and uh, put some root tone on it to encourage rooting, and then you wrap it in a medium, a moist medium, and you wrap it in, in plastic around that to hold it on. And what it does, it develops a root system. It'll start to root. And then when you see the roots start to appear, then you can cut that off, and then you can plant it uh, in, in uh, some kind of a soil medium to encourage rooting, and then after it, it roots even more and gets a good root base, then you can plant it in the ground. And really what you have is a pretty mature plant that can produce fruit earlier than if you just try to do a seed thing. And so uh, I did that, and I had one of the, one of the, uh, the, the things already starting to show roots when I left. And uh, Tyrone, he said he when I when he gets back in January, he's going to go ahead and he'll check the other ones. I did seven of them, and he's going to check the other ones and he's going to take care of those, you know. So hopefully next time I go back, uh, I'll be able to see some fruit uh, on a few other trees growing around the place. Uh, and then another interesting thing that I got to do is uh, we had a coconut tree right in front of of our, our apartment, and it was loaded with coconuts. The only problem was the height. Uh, we did have a ladder you could set, and it's on a hillside, so we had a ladder you could set against a tree, and we had a keel. And a keel is about this tall, so he has a reach over just about everybody else on the campus. And so a keel would go up the, up the ladder, he'd go as high as he could, and then he'd just reach and he'd kind of like unscrew the coconuts. That's how you'd get them loose and uh, he'd bring them down. Well, I decided, you know, uh, I'm not going to wait on a keel all the time, so there was an eight-foot painting pole that extended out another, about another eight feet, and uh, I, I took one of these saws. Uh, it's a hand saw that you get, and it kind of looks like a, a large knife, and uh, the blade comes down, and so you got the handle, and you got the blade, and when you opened it up, then you had the saw part, exposed and so I bolted that onto the end of that pole and I could reach up very easily and work at bringing coconuts down and uh, I didn't even have to climb a tree to do it and that, that turned out to be pretty nice and uh, so we had plenty of coconut water and Nancy just uh, ate a lot of coconut uh, what we call jelly because it wasn't hard, it was uh, more in a jelly state, and she enjoyed that. So we had some of those amenities that, that went along the way in those things, and a few other adventures I could tell you about, but uh, I wanted to share more of the spiritual things in, in the sense of uh, the teaching in the classes. I had four classes that I taught. I taught Old Testament Survey, Systematic Theology one. Uh, then Baptist history, and then practical Christian living. And uh, in all of the classes, it wasn't just a matter of dispensing information. 
I endeavored to challenge the students uh, in the matter of their heart, according to the things of God, because it's not sufficient for us just to know truth of the word of God, but to take it to heart. Let the innermost recesses of our being relate and experience and express interest in the things of God. <clears throat> and, <clears throat> excuse me. And that was, a, that was one of my goals and objectives, not just in imparting truth, but to encourage the students to live a life that would be pleasing to God. And, doesn't seem like much maybe on the surface but as I reflect back over the years that I was in school in college and in seminary that aspect of sharing and teaching was never was never given to me oh I imagine it was there in the back recesses of of a lot of my teachers and that but but none of the teachers and ever stressed that, that this is a need. It's not just something to know that the Word of God needs to be changing and, and having a moving change in your heart. Because if it doesn't change your heart, then it's just intellectual knowledge. And it's not going to change your life. If it's just intellectual knowledge and that changing, that's changing your life, then that's more like, I think, what the Pharisees were about and what they were doing. But I wanted the truths that I was sharing in the Word of God, I wanted that to change their lives, to see how these truths, how they really meant something. It, it was truth from God that He had given and that He was showing us and revealing to us that will make a complete, total mental and heartfelt change in your life. You're going to change the way of your living because this truth isn't just truth. It's, it's great. It's, it's what God has in store for them. And I would work, I'd teach the students during the daytime and then in the afternoons, a lot of times I'd get out with them and I'd work with them. I mean, I'd get out with a weed whacker and I'd cut some, cut some grass. I'd get out with a machete and, and chop bu uh, bush with the guys. And uh, we would talk about the things of the Lord. And then separately, I had opportunity to talk with the students one-on-one -on -one and challenge them and encourage them in their life. They don't just come to school and, and acquire knowledge, but let it let it become a part of you to where it's going to change your life. And so I could share a lot of other things that, that happened, and I'll share some of those things with you, you know, as we, as we go on in, in the days and time ahead. But, but I was looking at that, and that is my desire, that now in... In sharing the Word of God, it's not just something to know, but it's something that God wants us to know in order to help us set our lives in order. In an order that 
that it should be said. I wanted to read this devotional that I received just a day or two ago. It comes from Watchman Nee uh, out of his book, uh, The Lord, My Portion. And it's not new truth to any of us, but I really related to how he put it and what he had said. The portion of Scripture uh, comes from the Gospel of Matthew, uh, <clears throat> chapter 25, and it says, His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will set thee over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And we recognize that portion of Scripture, I'm sure. And these are the comments that Watchman Nee gave about that. In spiritual matters, we should recognize the first fact that time is for eternity. That the service we render in time is preparation for the service in eternity. God places us in the here and now for the purpose of training us to be useful in eternity. Time is like a school in which we receive spiritual training and education. Whatever spiritual training and education we receive in time makes us truly fit for God's use in eternity. Revelation 22 informs us that we will serve God even in eternity. Today, the Lord places us among the children of God in order that we may learn together with them how to serve and thus prepare us all for our eternal service. I like that. Uh, it, it's, it's short, it's concise, and I think it, it helps us to relate to exactly what God has in mind for us now and what He's doing for each one of us, what, he, what He's endeavoring to do for each one of us as it relates to eternity. I like it because we're learning these things together. It's not of just me. It's we. And the importance of gathering together so we can not only learn together, but then we serve together. And that was really the concept that I was endeavoring to get across to the students and to others that, that came across my path while uh, there in St. Vincent, but also in, uh, in Trinidad. We're laborers together, uh, the, the body of Christ, as a unit, the importance of, of being together, uh, to encourage one another, as it says in Hebrews, to, uh, we need to encourage one another as we see the day drawing, coming to a close. And so our meeting together takes on a greater importance and a greater significance, I think, sometimes than what 
what we usually attribute it to. It's not just getting together to, uh, to sing a few songs and to shake hands and, and then to hear a message. We got to see that God has more in store for that. And that's what I wanted to get across and I endeavored. Uh, really, that's a full focus of my ministry. I, I would say, uh, and I don't want to say it's my ministry because it, it's how we minister to others. That others will see this is the crux on what God is after in our lives. And that draws me to the idea of the concept of focus. Focus. What do we focus on? When I went to Trinidad, after we left St. Vincent, we had but, well, 12 days there. But I, I met up with, with one man, uh, David Santo. And David was... <laughs> We've had a unique relationship over the years. And, and while in Trinidad, while we, while we were there and, and doing mission work, David would come and, uh, to the Bible studies that we would have at my house. <clears throat> and I would talk with Dave. And, and matter of fact, he got in trouble for preaching some of the stuff that we discussed in the, in the class because it was things that were normally not discussed within the churches. But uh, I, I was afraid for David when we left because uh, David was really a target by some of these other pastors that he knew, that he sat under. And, and they, they just, they grilled him and drilled him uh, at a particular meeting that we attended. And, and I was afraid for David. I was afraid that David would, would probably be one of those that had kind of slipped by the wayside and they probably just just drift back in with all the other pastors. But, but I got the opportunity. This is the first time since we left five years ago that I got to sit down and talk for any length of time with David. And he said, you know, I, I said, I, I told him, I said, I was afraid that, you know, uh, the other pastors would would exert a sway on you that would pull you away from some of the things that we were looking at. And he said, you know, he said, I realized real quick, and he realized it at that meeting that we attended. He said that, I'm not where they are. And what he was seeing in the Word of God was something that he wasn't going to let loose of. He was seeing the, the, the matter of the kingdom, how it all fits into God's plan. It's a goal, it's an objective of God, and it's going to come to pass. And he realized that what he was learning and what he was seeing, others were not seeing, or at least not paying attention to. And David said, no. He said, oh, he gets together with them, but not on a regular basis because he's busy with his own work. But David said, no, I know I'm different than they are in the things that I see and believe in the Word of God. And he said, he's going to stick with the Word of God. That was reassuring to my heart. Because for five years now, I, I just really didn't know where David stood. And how much he had committed himself to the Word of God. And that he wanted to be true 
to God and His Word. And that was encouragement. Then others, uh, Joe London, when we first went, when I was just passing through uh, on my way to St. Vincent, I, I went to Trinidad, spent the night, then the next day went to St. Vincent. Well, Joe met me at the airport, and I had two things for him. I had, well, I had three things. I had two books, and I had a, a, a notepad that he asked me to get for him. So I, he was there. He met me at the airport, and I gave him the two books and as well as uh, the notepad, I told him, I said, well, when I get back, I said, you know, we spend a little time, we'll get together and we'll spend a little time to talk about uh, the things in the books. The unseen realm was, was the basic of it. And uh, we did get together after I got back to Trinidad and we spent three hours of just talking, not just about that, but a variety of things in relationship to the Lord. But Joe was, uh, he has been one of the guys that, you know, that, that just kind of grows on you. And he is one of, the, one of my favorites when I go to, to Trinidad. And then there was uh, Herman and Ruth Brown. Now, they were our neighbors across the street when we lived there. And we still possess a unique relationship. It's more like one family relationship. We we feel so much at home and at ease when we get together. And I stop to think, you know, it's, it's a taste of the heavenly. How that we as Christians here on the earth, we need to be able to get together and enjoy one another's company. We've never had to any disagreements, any arguments or anything. I mean, we've had kind of like a perfect fellowship. And Herman and I would sit down and boy, I could discuss scripture with him from morning until night. And it was just a special blessing to be in their presence again. And to enjoy once again that relationship. And it's just like we never left. And I stopped to think, it, 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 it seems it's that way wherever we go. But I believe that is the way the Lord has organized and brought His church people together. And until you get away from your normal, your regular surroundings, you, you never quite experience that. Now when I go to Argentina, it's just so different from when I first went. Because then I was just getting to know some new people in a new place. The second time was enriching. It was building upon that first trip. Uh, now I have a number of people from Argentina that's on my Facebook list. And even though they don't, deal with English and I don't deal with the Spanish, we still can communicate because fortunately they have a little translation thing, you know, underneath so we can communicate a little bit. And then, then the guys in Africa, it's, 
no matter where I've been able to go, I, I see and I sense how God is building a special family that when we get together, when we think about each other, that, that, that there's, there's a unique heart connection. I, I, I wish you could experience that too. And it, maybe God will do that with you in some special way. But, but God is bringing together, as we know, but for me, I'm at least able to experience it as I go to these different countries, meeting these different people, and getting to fellowship with the, the brethren that likewise have been touched by God. And what has caused me to see is that God is working in a greater way than, than I ever saw before. <laughs> it's one thing to, to think about it, to read about it, to know it in your mind. But, but when you can get in the midst and experience this relationship with these other people, it, it, it brings up a new reality on the extensive family that God is putting together around the world. And that, that, that delights me. I enjoy that. And I guess if, if I'm the vehicle that God uses to allow me to convey that to you, so at least you can hear it, then maybe that's my part of the ministry. To let you know that in these different countries, there are people that have a heart for the things of God, just like you and me. Jackie, the chart. You know the chart? The big timeline chart that uh, Dale Barcubine has produced. and Jackie had numerous copies of those runoff. Boy, I've been able to pass those out to a number of pastors in those two islands and, and the students... Because it, just so that they can see, and I trust, and, and now I can pray that God will draw them to the chart and to his word that they will see his plan that's coming to pass. We all have a little part in a big work. And like Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, who is Paul and who is Apollos? We're but ministers. We're but servants. And we all contribute our part. But God is the one doing the work. These trips have not only enabled me to meet a variety of Christians in different places, but it's it's infected my prayer life because now I know people in different areas that I can relate to and I can pray for. It's broadened. It, 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 it's expanded 
my prayer, my prayer time. It's expanded my heart. I think I can relate a little bit more now to what the Lord has said, for God so loved the world. I've seen more of the world that God has loved and that God still loves and that God is still active and busy in. And now I can realize how God is working in a greater way than I could ever thought or imagine. How the interaction of the heavenlies with the earthly as brought out in the word of God. It's so true. There's so much going on, far greater than what we could probably comprehend. And God is preparing people like you and like me, like others in other places. He's preparing us for that time when Christ will come back and establish his kingdom. What's your focus for this new year? I'm thankful for the time in St. Vincent. It wasn't as busy a time as what I usually have here. But because it wasn't so busy, it enabled me to be in the Word, to pray more, to study more, to explore the things of God. Because I had more time. Let me encourage you to take more time. And I did that with the students. I challenged them to take time, to invest time, take some time out of, in the busyness of the day, take some time for the things of God because these are eternal. Our days are numbered. Our time is short. The trip was well worthwhile. Ah, uh, there were some things in the flesh. But to enjoy the company of the saints of God in other places and to be able to it challenge them and, and uh, share with them truths from the Word of God that can motivate and change their life was most exciting. Trinidad they had a short time there, but yet it seemed to be so fulfilling because of the people that I got to share and talk with. Some that I never thought I'd have the opportunity to talk with. But yet, God just reinforces that it's not because of me, it's that He continues His work in those places. I'm only there for just a short duration of time, but yet you can see the impact of the Word of God on lives. And that's what it's about. God is changing lives. David Santo, oh, it's just some of the things I shared, but it was the truth from the Word of God that has gripped him and that is carrying him on. It's truths from the Word of God that, that God wants to do the same in your life and in my life.
and to be able to experience the goodness of God as it is said in the land of the living. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. Focus on this new year. Uh, I want to read more. I want to study more. And definitely, I want to pray more. And I will pray more because now i got a wider responsibility in the matter of prayer. Because prayer does change things. Not just in a physical way, but also in a spiritual, tangible way in the heart and the lives of people. So I trust that you'll take advantage of this coming year and that you will focus more attention on the things of God and not just on the common living. That's so, uh, I guess, commonly pulls us away from the things of God. And I trust that God will enrich your lives because of that. Matthew 25. Well done, good and faithful servant. Servant. I hope you see yourself as that. We are but servants. And to the mighty God who has created all, sustains all. And one day we'll be with him. And we just need to encourage and help others that struggle to remember that. It will be worth it all when we see Christ. So family, Father, thank you for our time together to be able to share just portions of your word, but that which you've also enabled me to see and experience. And I trust and pray that, Father, that thy people will also get a taste of other portions of the world that you are actively and busily working in, bringing your plan, your eternal plan to fruition. And for that which you do, may we be a part of it as we pray and as we endeavor to serve. Lead us to people that we can be an encouragement and a blessing too. For your name's sake, for it's in the name of Christ, my Savior and your Son, that I pray. Amen.